Welcome back and happy new year to the very first Nintendo Dispatch of 2019. This is your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the wide, wide, wonderful world of Nintendo. I'm James Matsumontamagno. And I am Michael, baby new year, Rivette. Oh my goodness. Happy new year, buddy. Happy oh new year. God. I'm excited. It's a whole new year. We're going into, I guess, almost year three of the Nintendo Switch. You know, in March, on wow. your birthday, by the yeah. way, will be the anniversary year two. I can't believe it's been two nearly full years. This is the second Christmas for the Nintendo Switch, which is excellent. It seems like this has gone very quick. It does not feel like it's been that long. No, no. And we I don't know if it's because they've spaced out the games, the big hits, they've sort of built up the time or we've just gotten so many games, you know, mm -hmm. that we're like, oh, I can't even imagine that this would even happen in our lifetime. That Nintendo would release so many great games and we're talking about games or maybe it's because we're doing this podcast. Do you think that that's the reason? I could be a part of it. <laughs> Definitely could could be a part of it. But I would think our podcast and recording every single week and going through all of it would make it seem much longer, though. You know what I mean? Because we're we're in it every single week. So I would think that would make it feel like, wow, this is this is really this has only been two years. It feels like ten, but in fact, to me, it feels like this maybe maybe a year and a half. I, I wouldn't even have thought if you had asked me before jumping on this, if this is their second or first Christmas, I would have just said, oh, yeah, no, this is the first full year. But I, I, I guess not. I mean, that's crazy. Going yeah. on three almost. Going on three. And it apparently was a really great holiday. I was just at a local store and a really good Switch section. We got a few Nintendo Switch consoles for dear loved ones that brought mm -hmm. tears to their eyes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> It, a lot, lot of crying all around. A lot of crying. I never thought that the the switch would would do that, but I, I get it. I understand. Oh, I totally get it. And I was thinking it would actually be kind of fun to have some of our friends that maybe got it for the first time and and, and are just experiencing it. Maybe get them like whether they want to write in or jump on for a quick conversation to kind of explain it, right? Because you and I have been in this for a bit. We've been playing it for a little while. Um, and we'll talk about it when we get down to the numbers or the bestsellers, but I'm really interested in see what somebody thinks about it that's just started using it for the first time to really kind of, you know, they've been watching others play it. What do they think now that they finally have their hands on one? Yeah. And it's intriguing that you say that because we have been kind of day one adapters, adopters, yeah. adapter, adapters and adopters of <laughs> many, many games and accessories. Whereas I was reading this article on Kotaku talking about Kirby Star Allies, which mm -hmm. we sort of blasted when it came out, even though it got pretty okay reviews, but playing the demos were like, is this even a game? It just sort of, you're walking through and crushing stuff. Yeah. They have said that with all of the content that that game got throughout 2018, that that it's a brand new game. Like you can't even recognize the game from day one, which is wow. kind of crazy to me, but also sort of the era that we're living in is, is that these games can get incremental updates. I talked about it with Doom last week where it felt like a whole new game and I'll talk about it again because uh, I played a lot more of it. And to be honest, just one little update sort of changed the game a lot. They should re-release the demo, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously their numbers are doing great and they're getting good reviews on it now, but 
I think, and maybe you disagree or agree, but our experience was that it really wasn't something worth buying at the time. So I'm I'm curious to see if they did put out a demo that was a little bit more challenging or just you know reflects those edits. Maybe it would improve their numbers even more. I don't know. Yeah, and it would be cool to see a new player coming in that are going through the going through the the eShop for the first time and buying their games for the first time. What are they looking for? What are they doing? I think it's pretty dramatically different. So we should totally do that. Uh, that would be cool. Weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. It could be one of our bonus rounds. Bon- oh, it hasn't, it's been like a year since we did a bonus yeah. round. <laughs> we should do it. Let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. Well, let's get into it then because uh, to start off the new year, we have some big news. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought going into January 1, oh, well, there's no, no new news, but there's some news. And in fact, the first news article comes uh, out of Japan with the Japanese charts. We like to talk about the charts wherever they're happening in the world. We've talked about European charts, Japanese charts, U.S. charts. We're talking about sales charts of both consoles and games. And uh, MediaCrate is the the company that sort of aggregates all of the Japanese, at least, sales numbers. And they put out a brand new report from December 17th through the 23rd. So the lead up to Christmas, which is a pretty big week. Yeah, I would say the second biggest week, probably after Thanksgiving and then right before Christmas, this is when everyone's going to rush out and get those last minute gifts. And not only are they last minute gifts, but there are some big titles. Obviously, Smash Brothers is still out there. But in Japan, at least, a huge game came out that week, which is Dragon Quest Builders 2. We had talked about Mm -hmm. the first one. This is the first time that the Dragon Quest Builders, obviously being the sequel, sim shipped, so shipped on both the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 4 at the same time. Hmm. Now, what's interesting here is that they were only out for three days, but they locked in at the fourth and fifth position for both PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch, and they were nearly identical sales. Uh, for PlayStation 4 coming at 110,000 and nearly 100,000 for the Switch, which is a really, really great thing to see uh, because obviously the Switch is growing in popularity. And this is what we want to see the momentum when games ship from especially a third party. They do really, really well. Now, they could not beat, of course, the behemoths on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate has now broken over 2 million in Japan, clocking at 252,000 thousand copies that week wow yeah followed by super mario party uh clocking in at 155k bringing it up to 742,000. and to be honest with you the rest of the top 10 are really just nintendo games minecraft mario kart splatoon 2 a few playstation games and kirby mario odyssey zelda luigi's mansion on the 3ds from breaking into the top 20 <laughs> but really good 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 spread here in general and it continued the trend over to the hardware The Nintendo Switch in this week, uh, the numbers were a little bit down from the week before. However, they still crushed 278,000 systems to be the number one selling hardware console, followed by the PlayStation 4 with uh, ah, 58,000. So that's a 5X or so, 4 to 5X over the PlayStation 4, which is really phenomenal. And I'll be interested to see again what year two going into year three brings for the Switch. And I'm excited for it. Those are really impressive numbers. I mean, like you had said, the top 20, I think 15 of them are Nintendo. And like what, 13 of those are Switch. That's fantastic. That's 
that's just very, very powerful. It's a good sign for Nintendo and it's a good sign for us Switch owners. I mean, I think that's just going to keep those games coming our way. You know, that's great. Now, if you had an NES zapper, maybe it's still kicking around, you know, used it for Duck Hunt and Wild Gunman. Maybe, you know, you got it just collecting dust somewhere. And you, you you could think to yourself, what could I do with this zapper? Well, this guy in Hermosillo, Mexico, decided to wrap it in tape and rob a bank with it. <laughs> he was caught. Police eventually got him. And they believe he's done this 15 other times. So that's yeah, creative. It's one way of doing it, I suppose. Um I don't know. Pretty, pretty sad that somebody would take a classic beloved piece of history and and go and rob banks with it, but pretty crazy. And I guess it was funny because early Nintendo zappers were gray to match the system. What happened was Nintendo and at some point said, you know what, why don't we add a lot of bright orange to it? Because we want it to look less real and you know imposing. So some of the later models, a lot of people that saw zappers would be familiar with the orange. Well, this guy had a gray one to begin with, but then he made it black on top of that and used it for a malicious axe. But he was caught. He, he taken off the streets, as they say. Yeah, good. We Nintendo Dispatch does not condone or endorse this activity. Shame, <laughs> shame on this individual and. I will say, if you look at the, the the picture is the most interesting part of this article. Not that this happened really. And it's, it's kind of sad in general. I've almost been held up at gunpoint when I used to work at GameStop many a times in Arizona, uh, which is never not with a zapper with real, with real <laughs> guns. Um, there was a, there's lots of outbreaks, uh, especially in the video game stores down there for, for a while mm-hmm. when I was working there in college and I had some friends that that were in fact held up and it's very scary. Now I will say if someone walked in to a game store with this, there's even a red trigger that's hanging out and, and there's a half of a cord underneath. Uh, I, I do again, it's intriguing to look at the photo and if, I mean, I would still be scared. I, I think if someone pulled this out at me, I would still be scared. I wouldn't be like, ah, you know, whatever I, I, you would have to take it with, all seriousness because you don't know but sure don't, in the moment this. you're not looking at it right you're, you're not looking that close but i don't know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> i'm glad that this person was caught shame on them shame slap especially for 15 other crimes like this this person was was really uh really using that gun to its max Apparently. Well, Michael, I don't have one anymore, so we can't we can't go on our a bank <laughs> bank spree. <laughs> I got rid of mine. Uh, oh, geez. Well, let's talk about something way more positive, Michael, about another game with guns. Your favorite yeah. game of all time, a little game that's called Fortnite. I don't know if you've heard of it. I'm going to try this. I'm going to look this up. It apparently is relatively popular with 125 million players around the globe. Uh, and and with that number. Uh, from the company behind it, Epic Games, is grossing a crap ton of money. Now, we do like to talk about numbers and how well things are doing. We talk about Niantic. And the reason we talk about Fortnite is about the importance of it being on the Switch and what Epic will do next on the Switch. That's why I really believe it's of importance with the Unreal Engine, which Epic creates, which powers games like this. It's important that these games are doing well and are being smash hits. And, well, about Fortnite is doing extremely well. Epic itself does a lot of other things. They just recently opened a game store for the PC to go head to head with Steam, which I'm very excited about. 
Uh, they have their game engine, which I just talked about, the Unreal Engine. And of course, they make all sorts of different money from that. However, the combination of all of this combined with all of the mobile apps, with all of the games, everything, clock them in this year at making about $3 billion in profit, not revenue, profit, which is amazing. absolutely amazing. You are correct. Now, that's bananas. It is bananas. And a lot of this comes behind the fact that, you know, they were able to take not only on the Unreal Engine with popular games, but take Fortnite and bring it to so many new platforms. They brought it to iOS. They brought it to Android this year. They brought it to the Nintendo Switch this year. They were able to expand it into this global phenomenon uh, that, I mean, I don't think I've seen a game this large in, in so long. It's been a long, long time to see it just influence so many different platforms and genres and stores and merchandise and streaming. It's a brand new era for us. And to see and be able to enter so many new markets, especially with Tencent being behind some of the mobile aspect of this and pouring money into Epic, it's really interesting to see where Epic Games will go next and what Tencent will do, especially with some of the investment that they've been doing on the Nintendo Switch itself. So I'm excited to see what happens in, in, in the future here. But congratulations to Epic and everyone pouring in the money and, and let's hope for a great uh, season seven going into season eight. Yeah, and it's and it's pretty amazing too. I mean, you can be playing somebody on a, their phone on another console. I mean, that's that's really. It's no wonder that it's grown to the scale it is because you know maybe maybe you're just playing on your phone. You're a more casual player. You can still sit down with somebody that's on you know an Xbox and and go to town with them on that and play it. So I think that the fact that they're They've got that. They've got such a range and that they're constantly churning out new content. I mean, for me personally, I don't really even play it as the the battle royale, you know, last person standing. It's, that's one of the my least favorite modes because Epic continues to change the gameplay mm. and you have all these other game options. So one that I've been playing a lot of right now is this one called Food Fight where you're playing 50 versus 50 and essentially you're just trying to attack a base and I think that starts to get where somebody says, oh, Battle Royale is taking over. Everything wants to go that way. And it's now funny that Fortnite started that. And now they're kind of pivoting a little bit into other areas, getting back into more of the multiplayer game styles. And to me, that's part. That's what I'm excited about. When I see that they're doing so well and they're doing it on Nintendo and whatever system you may play on, it makes me that much more excited to see like, all right, well, where's this going to go? Because I already love what they're doing with it now. They're clearly getting the money they need to continue that. Where are they going to go? Where How are they going to push this? So, Wait, so super exciting. So you're saying that I can go on to... So I just went on to the eShop because I had uninstalled Fortnite. You're saying that there's a mode where it's not Battle Royale. I, this is my problem going in is I know that there's all these seasons, but I stopped paying attention to Fortnite. Now, the reason I had a conversation today, and this is all mm -hmm. this is a great topic, by the way. I had a conversation with my friend Ben and Corey. They had come over and we were talking about Battle Royale and how everyone has a Battle Royale. I, go, I just didn't understand Fortnite. I understand Paladins. Mm -hmm. I understand this type of gameplay. Didn't really understand it. However, I did enjoy the crossplay because they were just getting into Stardew Valley with the multiplayer. They were telling me about it. And I go, oh, can I play on my Switch? And you can play on your PC. And I go, I don't know. You know, and, and that's one thing I wanted to look up. But you're saying that there's a mode in Fortnite where we could battle together and I don't have to be a last person standing? 
Oh yeah. I mean that that's existed for so the way they always do it is Fortnite has three typical modes. You have solo, where you have to be the last person standing, duo, where you and your partner have to be the last two standing, and then team or squad, I think it is, where a team of four has to be the last team standing. In addition to those, they rotate all of these other styles and of gameplay. So right now the one is called uh, Food Fight, I believe. So you ha- and it's and it's sort of done in Fortnite style. So you have a base that has and you may have seen it like the hamburger with the tongue hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like from the game. It's in the game. That's one of the bases. So 50 people are protecting that base and they're going up against the tomato people and they've got like a big tomato on their head. And so I think that one's like a pizza place. So you have pizza fighting burger and it's it's not you can keep shooting each other, but you just respawn. It's whoever destroys the other base first. So it's not even last person standing, it's last team standing of 50. And it's fun because I like respawning. I like to you, you're dropping in and you're, you know, you've got people trying to build walls around their base while still attacking the other person's base. And it's in a very tight area. It's not the whole map. The map closes in on you. This giant wall, like Hunger Games style, is be dividing the map. So, and there's a big clock on it. And that's while the team is trying to build up and fortify their base. And then all of a sudden the the clock hits zero, that wall and the whole map starts to vibrate and the wall comes crashing down. And now it's on Hmm. you two, two teams are going at it. And, and it's, and it's a blast because it really doesn't matter how good you are anymore. At that point, you're not trying to be the last person there. You're just trying to contribute and get as much damage on the other team's base as possible and if that means you're just busy running around picking off the other team so be it that's one less person that you have to fight against until they come parachuting back in and these usually last for a few weeks and then another mode starts up Hmm. so maybe it's snipers and like now you're all just using sniper rifles and very limited weapons and things like that um and they do this a lot and it and honestly those what those what i end up playing more than anything i really enjoy the other game modes okay so i'm re-downloading i'm gonna give this a try (laughs) report back next week because that was my thing is i enjoy respawning i enjoy the last man the last man standing was fun if you're really good but i'm not good sure so and it's frustrating it's like i'm I'm terrible (laughs) but that's also why i enjoy the seasons because it gives me all of these like little mini games to try to do like collect chests in seven different areas oh okay i can run around and get chests i might get killed the first time i see somebody but it still gives me something to do Mm. and that and that's part of the fun and now if you see like with food fight it'll still say duo or squad but you can join a squad of four people it's just their way of i I think that has to stick in with their their typical rules Mm. but you're not playing as a squad anymore it's it's all versus the other team so it's definitely worth checking out i think you'll have a lot more fun with those other those other uh modes i like that well there you go people there's your Fortnite update of the week <laughs> Fortnite weekly chat so getting back to some other stuff that's kind of kind of nintendo we kind of not and i think it's an interesting topic for us to just chat about is playstation classic gets a huge price cut 
And I know everybody's saying, well, how does that have anything to do with it? And that's because we just want to discuss it, right? So you have the NES and the SNES came out. And in that first month, those things were off the charts. You couldn't find them. They were, they were number one everywhere. It was crazy. Now you have PlayStation Classic. It's launched. It's a month out. And already the price has gone from $100 to $60 dropped almost in half. And some people are saying, well, the initial reasons for that are, you know, the cost was too high to begin with. It has an odd selection of games, which I I agree and disagree. I mean, I think at least half of them are solid. The other ones are a little bit weird. Um, Then you have issues with the way the games are handled. So you have low frame rates and a lot of glitching happening, which again, I'll argue, I did see some of that on the original NES. Um, And then the last thing is the PlayStation 1 controller they did not include the enhanced ones. So you don't get the dual shock. You don't get any of the joysticks. You just get the original controller. So a lot of people are saying, well, that's the reason why it's failing. And I'm just curious to see what you think, whether it's about this or how this impacts what we see. Are we going to see any more classics or is that that niche has that novelty already worn off and we're kind of that's that's old? Yeah, this is a topic that I wanted to put on because I thought that the PlayStation Classic was pretty cute and looked really nice. It fell in line with the other consoles. I have an NES Classic and an SNES Classic. I had multiple, so I just sold some, and they are selling at normal price, even on eBay. So mm-hmm. I would not—I don't ever try to you know, tens, you know, spend tens and tons of money. Gouge I just had, I had a few. So uh, they sold at normal prices as if you were buying them in the shelves. I know you can go into Best Buy or Target and I think pick up some still. And they sold millions uh, of consoles. Now, the the thing is, the NES Classic, I wasn't overly impressed with, only because I think you and I both agree we love our NES, but not that the games don't hold up. I'm not going to say that, but some of the games just don't hold up, you know? <laughs> and, and, and whereas the SNES Classic, wow. I mean, it has less games, 10 less games, all of them are bangers. I showed you the list earlier. Mm-hmm. All of them are phenomenal. The console, it's it's my favorite console of all time. The SNES Classic is really, to me, is my childhood. That is the era I mm-hmm. grew up in, where other people grew up a little bit earlier in the NES Classic or before that. And these games, almost all of them, I think they hit an 80%, 90% penetration. of. I want to play all of these games. I don't want to play every single game, mm-hmm. like Kirby's Dream Course, Final Fantasy three, maybe not for me, but all the other ones like, wow, I could really play this. Whereas the issue with the PlayStation Classic, I don't think is necessarily the game selection. It's a little bit. It's a little bit of everything. That was the issue. And the issue for me is, do we still want to go back in time and play 3D games from decades ago? That is a question. And the question I prompt to you is, do you want to be playing Un, unremastered versions of Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time? Or would you rather have a remastered, updated version? Because the 3D versions, they're great. They're beautiful. I would play them again. But to me, if I go back and I play uh, Super Mario World or Link to the Past, you don't have to remaster that. It's already beautiful in 16-bit form. And I think the nostalgia of it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, those games, they hold up because they are a part of your childhood. They're a part of maybe what you played that got you into gaming. And once you start getting into sort of, uh, you know, the PlayStation 1, maybe the 2, or like, 
I don't know, Nintendo 64, GameCube, things like that. Now you're starting to get into where it's kind of like, all right, these these don't really have that feeling anymore. And and I have I have something. This this will go into one of the games I'm playing now for this week when we get to the end. But I don't know if it still grips me the way it would, you know, when I played it originally. And that's what I'm that's what I'm wondering. Like a lot of those games, when I was reading through the list, I have really really fond memories of them. Even the PlayStation ones. When I go to play it, I don't think I think my memory of it is tied to too many things, not just the game itself. It's tied to the moment I was playing it. It's tied to maybe the excitement of, wow, this was so new in the moment. This was the best experience I've ever had playing. Or maybe I was just getting, you know, you picture running home from school to playing it. So there's a lot tied into those games. And when you play them now as an adult, I, I don't know if you get that same feeling. I'd rather play something on the Switch that's maybe newer that is doing it for me again because it's a new experience. It's maybe a new story or it's just a new style or it's a new mechanic that's got me excited about the gaming industry. Not necessarily looking back on those games and then trying to relive something that now feels outdated. And I'm and I'm in some ways it's kind of why I don't play a lot of the NES games that we get by being online uh for our Switch because they just don't they don't give me the same feeling they used to because you know it, it's just not it's a different time it's a, it's a different experience now so I, I i just don't i think classics were cute and they're collectible and they're just adorable on a shelf but i'm really interested in see how many people actually play theirs and i bet it's not that many i would agree with that however that said if an n64 classic comes out I will buy it. So <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Uh, Give me 10 of them. I'm in. I'll buy multiple. All right. Let's move on then. Let's get over this classic era and let's hop on to a little bit of game news and a few accessories coming out that we want to mention before we get into the new game releases. Uh, and actually kind of a new game release per se is limited run games, limited run. They do all these really cool, usually digital only games re-release in physical form, usually in a collector's edition. I've purchased a few of these limited run. They're very nice. They're going to be as if you just went into the store and bought them off the shelf. However, they work with the game creators coming out with really nice collector's editions or doing something special around that game release. And our top pick, at least one of my top picks from 2018 was Celeste from Matt Makes Games. Absolutely phenomenal platformer. Uh, and beyond, I would say, <laughs> type of game. <laughs> I love it. They are coming out with a collector's edition. Now, this does drop on January 1st, so a day after this podcast comes into your eardrums. However, how limited run works is they usually they, they have 2,500 copies of the limited edition, plus they have a normal edition for cheaper. However, what they do is they usually trickle these out over the days. So if you follow them on Twitter or go to their page, Sometimes you can find a collector's edition on Friday or Saturday after because they trickle them out, which is very nice. Uh, now, this is a beautiful collector's edition. It only comes with the game itself. It comes with a steel case uh, with beautiful Celeste artwork, a 16-inch by 20-inch poster of Celeste Mountain, a strawberry plush keychain, a cassette count, uh, soundtrack, a digital copy of the soundtrack, a patch of Celeste Mountain, a postcard of Celeste Mountain, a strawberry pie recipe card, which is super cute. 
uh, and a few other goodies like a beautiful uh, fully uh, full color manual with art on the inside too. Very beautiful pack for $79.99. It is expensive, but it's a limited edition. You're never going to find these again. The normal edition is going to be $34.99. They also have Windjammers coming out too, so take a look at that. Uh, So there's a lot of cool things if you haven't purchased Celeste and you want a physical copy Give it a look sees and just add all the limited run games. There's a whole bunch of cool ones to be coming uh, coming out soon, such as uh, Thimbleweed, uh, Mercenary Kings is coming out, uh, Flint Hook, Saturday Morning RPG, Super Slime, bunch of really cool, great games that they've uh, announced in there. So give those a look. Now, have you played Celeste at all? Or you still haven't? I haven't. No, I still haven't played Celeste. I I know it's a top top game. It's on the list, but. Oh boy, is that list getting longer and longer every day? I feel like. Yeah, I didn't help at all with Christmas, huh? <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> so that was a little little inside. I got I got got Michael a little Christmas gift. Oh, we'll talk about that yeah. later. Hopefully, I don't know if you've been playing. Probably haven't. You've but five billion games. Uh, so we'll see. But maybe you do one day. We'll see. But yeah, so that's super good. Highly recommend it. Digital, or if you want to try to get this collector's edition, go for it. The last thing here, a little rumor. This is a very long article. I'm going to boil it down to you in just about one minute of total time. Now, with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, there are new playable characters coming out over time. There were rumor mills, a buzz of Joker, not Joker from Batman, but Joker from Persona 5, which I've never played. Have you ever played a Persona RPG at all? Uh, I have not no. heard good things, but have not played it. I have not either. This comes from Atlas, which I do love the games that they make. Uh, now, I'm not a huge fan of Persona. I know of the series. I have not a knowledge in depth of the series, per se. Uh, <laughs> but there was rumors of buzzing of Joker from Persona 5 coming out as a playable character, which at this point has been confirmed or Nintendo has confirmed for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. However, that led to additional rumors of perhaps Persona 5 itself coming to the Nintendo Switch. Kind of makes sense. Why would you have a Persona character in a game where you can't play that game? And this is weird, right? This doesn't make any sense, but okay. So, I mean, there has to be something going on because at this point, there's been more just lighter fluid onto this fire mess of rumor mill, a buzz that Nintendo and Atlas just needs to to just get rid of because Sakurai, a Smash Brothers director, has gone and recorded a video at the Atlas Studios, it seems like Atlas HQ, about his sort of love for the game, but still no announcement or anything about perhaps Persona 5 or the new rumored Persona 5 R coming out which was just announced and there was a trailer but nothing for the switch so maybe we'll have news i don't care necessarily but if you do let us know why we should care about persona 5 (laughs) there you go yeah i mean it's a lot of weird like things happening without it being on the switch i don't get it right so i mean it's it does seem like there's there's signs that it's coming, but just nothing set in stone. I it's gotta it's gotta be happening. There's just a lot of weird crossovers without that news coming out. It's it's gotta, it's gotta happen. happen. Yeah, I don't know. It's gotta, it's gotta happen. happen. 
So here's something exciting. I think it's really interesting. Powercast is set to unveil a wireless charging grips for the Nintendo Joy-Cons, and they're going to be announcing it at CES 2019 this year. So going through some of the photos, reading some of the press on this thing, Powercast has announced that it will be coming out and that it's going to work with their PowerSpot system, which is basically a transmitter that sits on the desk or wherever you have your Switch dock, I would assume, and it will wirelessly charge these grips that they're going to be selling. So you're going to have a traditional Switch Joy-Con grip that looks like the one that it comes with, and they're going to have one that holds the single Joy-Con. These things will wirelessly charge. You never need to plug them in. It will transmit the electricity via magic over the air into a battery in the controller, which then sends it to the Joy-Cons when it's needed. It's not a continuous trickle. It feeds those when they say that they're getting low on a charge. You have to be within two feet for that charge to happen. So essentially, if you're sitting on the couch, you know, you pick up your controller, you sit on the couch. Right now, it's not charging the controller any longer. You have up to 38 hours of gameplay with the battery in the controller. And then when you're done playing, you set it back on your desk or wherever. Don't have to plug anything in. You just set it within that two foot radius. And now it's charging the console or charging the controllers again. I think that sounds fantastic. I love the look of the more traditional one. I hate the look of their single controller. It just looks, to me anyway, um, sort of janky, like poorly designed. Essentially what it is, is uh, you have a, a lower half and then a slider and you would slide the Joy-Con in horizontally in a kind of vice grip hold style. And then you have your buttons on the top. It's not that it doesn't work functionally. I just think that they could have designed it so that it looks like it fits in there and was meant to be in there as opposed to just kind of the way it's sitting in there. It just doesn't, it just doesn't look good, if that makes any sense. I think that the technology is really, really interesting. I love the idea of, you know, you pick this up, you play it, you put it down. I would love if they would come out with this in a Switch uh, Pro controller format so that I don't have to even touch my Joy-Cons because I don't anyway when I'm docked. And then I could just you know, set it down. It's always charged anytime I want it. I love this. So I guess we have to look for their announcement to get a cost because they haven't said anything yet, but it's definitely something I'm going to keep an eye on. I think it's really, really interesting. Super interesting. I, on occasion, the, the question becomes how much will this cost? Like you're saying, we don't know because is it really all that bad if I have to just swap my Joy-Cons in and out or I have to plug in a controller? Is that worth $5 billion? I don't know. Is this going to cost more than a Switch, you know, is the question. Oh, yeah. And uh, the difference, too, is often I don't want to put it into the the dogfish or I'm playing a game where it's just a single Joy-Con. I'm intrigued. Maybe I'm just not a power player, so I don't run into this issue too much. However, I will say I would like something for my... My pro controller, I use my pro controller a lot recently mm-hmm. on my, I'll talk about my pro controller, I have some issues, uh, some lag with it recently Oh, uh, because of my setup where I'm at right now, lots of wireless things. And, uh, I, I didn't, I can't find if there's a sensor to tell me how powered it is or not. So one time I picked it up and there was no juice and I go, well, how do I even know if it's charged or not? So just not to have to think about it would be nice, but I'll see how much it is. If it's cheap, maybe I'll get it. But also I don't know if I want... 
wireless power just blasting at me. I know it's the future, but... Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? I was thinking about the same thing. I mean, maybe that's the whole reason it's only two foot diameter. Like there, it's not, it's not like I'm sitting on the couch and this thing is just pumping juice into my chest while I'm playing a controller. It's like, you know, maybe it's not that strong. So it just needs to be in that small little bubble for it to like, you know, get the energy or the charge that it needs. But it is the future and it is crazy. Like, I love the idea of like this this is charging by the air. <laughs> it's just a ra- it's just in a bubble of energy right here. So I, I like that and I want that in my life, but I don't want the format that they have. I certainly would never play the single Joy-Con controller option. I, I don't want to play that anyway, ever. Um, and then the other one, I would just rather have my Switch controller versus the double Joy-Con configuration so it's kind of like i really love what they're doing but give me a a pro controller like form factor versus these other form factors so i don't know i I, it's something worth checking out though i agree i agree 60 bucks that's my guess expensive it's expensive I I think it could, I bet you it'd be a hundred. I was thinking sixties low end because they have to get this transmitter thing with it. So you have to get a transmitter plus at at least one of these grips. It's probably a hundred, but I was thinking 60 because that's lower than, you know, the joy cons and and even lower than the pro controller. So it would be kind of a steal if you could get it at 60. I feel, I feel like you're super early adopter at this point. And that's my fear. Even with the Genki adapter, which I reviewed extremely high, and I know there might be some listeners that read the review and then then subscribed, hopefully, I even felt like an early adopter onto this bandwagon of just a Bluetooth adapter. Now, I'm supposed to be able to go to Nintendo and say, oh, something went wrong with my Joy-Con and I was blasting you know, power at it. I mean, this one, I'm sure if I just have Bluetooth, I, and it works, I'm so happy, but I, I don't know, that's my... My fear, I was watching a video on Singapore recently, and they were talking about these companies that are actually doing these powers that are being sent a very far distance. I have to imagine it's really early and really expensive, but mm. untested. Yeah. It's probably that Genki thing and this power cast is probably the perfect storm. You'll plug them both in at the same time, and just <laughs> the whole thing just goes up. Oh, in no. Flames. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> But on that note, <laughs> let's get into the best sellers. So every week we always run down the top 10 in the best sellers. And starting it out again, to no one's surprise, is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate taking the one spot. This one is a bit of a surprise. Number two is still Bouncy Bob. It that 99 cent deal is just people cannot turn it away. I mean, I was a sucker for it. You bought into it. I'm sure apparently everybody is. I don't know if anybody's even played the game, but for a dollar, I guess you kind of have to buy it. Uh, Number three is Mario Kart 8. Number four is Rocket League. Right now it's 50% off, so you're getting that for $10. Hollow Knight is back on the list in the top five. Just Dance 2019 is also 50% off. That's You can get that for $20 right now. Zelda Breath of the Wild. Super Mario 8 or excuse me, Super Mario Party is in at number eight. Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle is back on the list at number nine. That's 67% off. So you're getting that for $20. That's a steal. And then number 10 is Stardew Valley. 
So some great, great games in the top 10. And then we also like to throw in some of the new stuff to the list that made the top 30. And this week it is new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe pre-purchase in the 25th spot. Now, one thing I did want to say before we go on, it was with this top 10, this feels like a Christmas. I just got my switch special, right? Like people just got their switch and these games, they've been hearing about them. They've maybe heard us talk about them nonstop. And now they bought into it because there's some huge gray games that have been off the list for a while. Now back in the top 10. Yeah. And Bouncy Bob for it's it's ninety nine percent off, so one penny. Remember, <laughs> so not one not dollar. Oh, whoa, even <laughs> so, better. So even the better. thing with Bouncy Bob, there's even an article on Kotaku about Bouncy Bob and how if you're a new Switch owner, like what a kind of great day you're gonna go on, you're gonna buy Smash Brothers, and you're like, I guess I'll get this game for a penny too, even if it's terrible. You're like, now I have two games, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's still there. It's still forever ninety nine percent off for just forever. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, all of these games. Hollow Knight is a great deal. You know, that's, that's under 20 bucks. I think Stardew Valley is a great deal. I think that's maybe 20 bucks. So for, what are we looking at here? 40, say 60, under a hundred dollars, you can walk away with five, six great games. Some of them, you know, bigger titles. So I, I mean, that's, that's a steal. That's amazing. I, I agree. It's in, if you look and you break down, the games in the bestsellers, the download only, you're going to see a lot of those games that were on sale. So still Astro Bears, uh, the Way Remastered, Grizz, Jackpot, Jackbox Party Games, Grim Fandango was on sale. So there's a lot of these games that were on sale, but they're all pretty solid games. Uh, we'll talk about some of the ones we played earlier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what a great what a great year if you got a, a Switch. I think you're in a in a just really sweet spot. And to be honest with you, what I didn't even put in my mind when we were talking about a few weeks ago about this new super Mario brothers, U deluxe is what a great time to get a switch. You get a switch on December 25th. You have two to three weeks to download a bunch of games. You're playing through them. You're smash brother in you're getting in. You're like, all right, you're just at that itch where you're like, I'm about to buy a new game. Do I buy Zelda? Do I buy Mario party? And then they're like, boom, Mario bros, U deluxe. And you're going to go, I'm in because you only have a few games on your console and you're like, oh, new Mario. Boom, I'm in. Uh, It's really fun to watch Luke because if once you have friends on your switch, it's fun to creep on them. That's my new. (laughs) You just. Oh, what is uh, what is Luke playing? Oh, Luke. What's uh, what's so just bought Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, Luke just played boxing, fitness boxing. You know, it's. Oh, look. Christina's not going to bed until four in the morning when we have to be up working in a two hours. Oh, interesting. Oh, Michael played. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Michael played Fortnite for 85 hours. Oh, <laughs> it's, those, it's those little ones where that's the only one, by the way, on your it'll be like, oh, Michael just played Moonlighter. Oh, Michael played Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> Michael happened to play Fortnite for 85 hours and he doesn't sleep. I have like Tourette's of Switch games. I can't decide on what, what I'm going to play. I play them all for about 10 minutes. I, it's true. I'm looking at your your feed. You played Smash Bros, Moonlight, Fortnite. Po- I didn't even know you bought Pokemon. That's interesting. I got them all. Gotta, I got them gotta all. catch them all. All right. Well, let's talk about some new games that you can <laughs> catch this week. Gotta, gotta play, play them all. all. Now, a game I'm super excited for because I think you didn't play it. But that's okay. I will give you an update about it. It's a brand new game from Nintendo. We're kicking off a new year with a new game from Nintendo, Michael, in the retail. 
about time. About time you're doing something in this January. Segment. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't even talk. Well, I got one thing for you. <laughs> That's right. Fitness boxing. Fitness boxing's hitting the store shelves, hitting the digital downloads. Fifty dollars, and you can get fit. At least your arm muscles. I'm still excited to. I, I mean, I wish I wasn't fifty, but I am excited to try the demo. And I love all of the different things that you were telling me about it. You know how how thorough the game is. I'm really excited about that. I think that is really good. Um, for me, I may wait on this. I think the price needs to drop a little bit, but I I definitely am going to be playing the demo. I think anybody should play any of these demos because they're free and yeah. why not? But it looks yes. really good. I'll talk about it later and I will talk about how I'm basically in the same boat, but I'll let you break down those sweet digital downloads, Michael, some good ones this week. Yeah, we mm. got a bunch. So starting it off January one, we have Xenon Valkyrie plus for $10. There is a demo of that. If you want to try it January 3rd, we have animated jigsaws, wild animals for $10 cat astronauts, cat astronauts, cat astronauts. <laughs> so it's probably cats in space, $17. Then we have don't sink for $10. Dreamwalker for $5. JCB Pioneer Mars for $25. Job the Leprechaun for $3. It could be Job, but I'm assuming it's Job. <laughs> it's Then we have Johnny Turbo's Arcade Fighter's History for $8. Mentori Puzzle for $8. Pick Up Picks Pieces, $8. RTO3 for $10, and that's on the 3DS. Then we have the Aquatic Adventure of the Last Human for $13. And then we have Mods's new favorite game, Unicornocopia, for $5. Then on January 4th, we have 99 Seconds for $2. And Mad Age and This Guy for $5. So now, look, we always do. We're going to jump back and call out any of the games that look interesting to us. So what do you got? Well, first, I am just happy that at least fitness boxing is coming out this week because there's one title that is a, a minimum worthy to talk about. Unicornicopia. Uh, besides Unicornicopia. <laughs> uh, now, I will say I ran through a lot of these games this week trying to understand the pricing, the release date, the structure, and a lot of these games that even you sort of highlighted as a type of fun game to play happen to be on a huge Steam sale right now at about yeah. 90% off. And that kind of bugs me. But I will mm -hmm. say maybe there is hope because even though last week we talked about some games that were coming out, they came to the Switch and happened to be on a big sale too, like 50% off. And that's a little bit better. But it seems weird just to have this price and then have this big sale. So for instance, Don't Sink, who's uh, from... Uh, a pretty great studio called HitSense. They've made quite a few awesome games. That's a really fun kind of adventure pirate RPG that came out a, a while ago, but that is also on Steam for a dollar right now, but has really, really good reviews. So it's like, all right, I'll add to my wish list, but I'm not going to overpay by $9 right now. Yeah. That's my issue. Uh, nope, the, I agree. The Xenon Valkyrie, I'll talk about it now because I played the demo. I played it for a minute and I said, uninstall. I don't want this. this I don't mm -hmm. get it. Not, not my thing. It's supposed to be a roguelike platformer, but maybe it's just a terrible demo. They plop you down and I go, I don't know what I'm doing. So I give up. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the same feeling. I uh, just not not for me. Yeah, not for me either. And the if you're into pit cross, the 
pick a peak picks. There's a few of them out. That's cool because it's pick cross, but there's a lot of pick cross games. I don't know if that would be the one that I'm going to go for for $8. Mm-hmm. I wanted to think that the Unicornotopia was going to be great, but I just didn't it didn't do it for me. And I know 99 Seconds is the sequel to 99 Bullets, which had really good reviews on the, the DS a long time ago. However, looking up reviews for the 99 Seconds, which was on the Wii U, blah, 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 just for $2, still not even going to do it. So for me this week, it's literally nothing. Uh, and I will point out that you, I know you want to talk about this JCB Pioneer Mars game, Michael. I know you want to. I, yeah, I have a couple that I think are interesting, but I did the same thing and it does frustrate me as well. I hate seeing that and I and I can't decide if it's now on purpose because it seems to happen a lot. You and I have discussed that a lot of these games are coming over and they're already on Steam, right? Don't Sink to me looks interesting. Essentially, like you said, it's a sandbox pirate game. You're adventuring and kind of think uh, Sea of Thieves, but side scrolling and very pixelated. 10 bucks. Oh yeah, that sounds right. Then you look on Steam, it's a dollar. It's a dollar. So why are you charging me like 10 bucks right now? Like, do you, I, I just feel like it's kind of tricky and I don't know who's doing it. I don't know if this comes out and Steam gets win. They're like, we're, we're cutting the prices or if it's a development thing, but it's just frustrating because it seems to happen a lot. And then you have JCB Pioneer Mars, which has mixed reviews on steam it's not as more as positive as don't sink um but to me it is interesting and it's funny that all the games i gravitated towards this week don't sink pioneer mars and the aquatic adventure of the last human are all these very atmospheric sort of survival-esque exploration games you know whether it's a very realistic looking one like this pioneer mars seems to be or very side scrolly pixel like 8-bit, 16-bit, like Don't Sink and the Aquatic Adventure of the Last Human. Pioneer Mars, if anybody's ever played Astroneer, um, this seems very similar. Essentially, you are exploring the planet and you have to mine resources and build buildings and do research of technology so that you can continue to grow your, like your base. And I love that kind of stuff. I love that with any game, you know, that sort of same reason Minecraft is a hook. You're digging things up, you're building things with it, makes you have to dig more stuff, makes you build more things. And it seems like this could be like that. I like that there's a little bit of survival, maybe a little bit of horror mixed in there because you don't know when something's going to happen. Astroneer was like that. You're exploring, you're doing all kinds of stuff, and then you get hit with a giant storm that's blown across and you have to try to not get blown off the planet you're on. I like that. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and then the aquatic adventure of the last human. Essentially, the human race has to live in the water because you know the ocean's um, northern and south pole like melts, and then the water rises, and now we have to live underwater. And then we are able to do that. We're successful, and then all of a sudden, everything freezes over, and now we have to go to other planets to survive. Well, one ship comes back to what's left of Earth and starts exploring and trying to figure other things out. And it's really cool because you're exploring the ruins of humanity. And even though it's a super pixelated game, I like that. You know, you're you're kind of exploration. There's a little bit of tension there. You do run into monsters and stuff, but you're also seeing what used to be there. And I just think that's that it's even if it's a pixelated version, like your imagination can kind of run. It's the same reason, like, you know, you like exploring old buildings and stuff. And I like that. So again, it's 
90% off on Steam. So it's kind of like, well, maybe I just go there and buy it. Why am I paying $13 when I could be getting so much cheaper on Steam? But those are my picks. Those are the what I thought stood out this week. Uh, it does irk me just like it does mods. It's just sort of frustrating. Yeah, and I'll say that I want to point out one, two, two different things before we move on. The first one is if you're going to do a sale like this uh, on Steam, price things correct on the Switch or at least have a pre-sale discount of some sort. I'm not expecting the same amount because it's a new game coming in. You have to do some work there. However, if you look at Mad Age and this guy, which is a weird name for a game, but it did <laughs> intrigue me a little bit. It's like a Bomberman crossover with Steampunk puzzle game. This game is $10 on steam but five dollars on switch that's cool now of course it's 85 percent off on steam so it's a dollar fifty but all right 350 compared to nine dollars that's a big difference i don't feel yeah. that big maybe they're gonna do 10 percent or 20 percent off in the beginning or something like that who knows uh, but that's a little bit better i understand like oh okay they're coming to a new system and they're gonna bring it down a little bit because it's been out for a little bit oh that makes sense what you really don't want to do is what this JCB Pioneer Mars games did, which this game not only is on sale for 50% off on Steam, but it's also still in Steam Early Access, so it's not actually even out yet on Steam. So does that mean, is this the Early Access game? Like, what is happening? Yeah, Ugh. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't I don't know who's at to, like, to blame. I don't know why they're doing it that way, but it is frustrating. I don't believe in the switch tax. I, I think we should have to stop paying a switch tax when things come out on it. Yeah. Two years later, like, okay, stop. Yeah, exactly. Well, on that note, it gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you've been playing. Ooh, I have been playing a lot. Good, sir. <laughs> so I tweeted out uh, some photos. I'm pretty uh, psyched by myself. I fully finished every single thing that I could do in fitness boxing with Full three out of three stars on every single fitness activity in the demo, which is free because it's a demo. What? Yeah, I'm super fit, super, super duper fit. So fit. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I feel okay. Actually, you know, I would say that some of the exercises, you're not burning tons of calories, but you do definitely feel it when you first start in the morning. Some of the ones, they'll, they'll wear you out a little bit. Six, seven minutes of going nice. to some of the intense ones are pretty fun. As I've gotten further into the the trial uh, edition that they had, I did max out everything. I hope that the full game allows you to get past some of the introductory elements. So every time you start a new exercise, you know, the instructor goes, all right, we're going to stay in this way and put your arms here and do this thing. And it's 30 to 40 seconds of buildup until you're punching. Mm. And I don't need that. I assume that's because it's the demo thing. You'll play it and... I was playing it and Heather just couldn't stop laughing at the 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 audio of the voice of the of the instructor because sometimes it was fine and then other times the words just come out really weird. So I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> and I couldn't tell if they're doing it on purpose or not, or some of the words or some of the phrases they say. It should be like, all right, left, left, right, the combo, right. And you're, you're like, wow, what 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 is that? It's, it's so funny. But it did make me want to like buy it. Like I, from the demo, I go, I would buy this and I would play this every day. I could see myself mm -hmm. going in just like we fit 
it's very low commitment, 10 to 15 minutes or from what it seems like, uh, I would buy this game. It seemed super fun. And I, I played it on docked, undocked, all different modes with my Genki too. I have like little wireless earbuds and, and that worked really well and is fun for $50. It's a bit much though. That's my problem. Yeah. And it's hard to say because $50, that's even cheaper than a normal game. But for me, $30 seems like a sweet spot where I'm, I don't have to think about it anymore. I'll, I'll buy it for $30, but $50 has me thinking, is this game worth more than smash brothers? That that's the level. Yeah. And that's for me, but I could and say it's funny because you would think you're buying into the base and they could easily add on to this. Yeah. Like they could give you new routines maybe, or I, I don't know yet, but it seems like with the dancing type games, you could get new songs. So maybe you get new routines and new, new trainers and more complex things, or maybe they even add little mini games. Like I think $30 would be an awesome fitness boxing base. And then they just plan on releasing more stuff so that you get more longevity out of it. Yeah. 50 seems a little heavy to me. Yeah, for, for this style and the music that they use are are pop songs, but they're not mm-hmm. official music. They have like "Bad Romance" by Lady Gaga, but it's an intram- mm. instrumental score, which is a third party instrumental score. It's not even the official instrumental score that goes mm. with it. So it's, you're not getting official music, like if you're playing a singing song or just dance where you're getting the official music and you're paying for the official music. Whereas this, you don't even have that. So I don't know, hmm. but I will say this so is, this was the Nintendo putting this out. Then I assume it's must be a different develop developer. It's a different developer. Uh, it's not Nint- it's Nintendo publishing, not Nintendo development. It's developed by, Oh gosh, made by Imagineer and Imagineer. Oh, geez. Uh, they did a lot of porting of stuff. Like there's some SimCity stuff, Quest 64, Populous. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot. A lot of Hello Kitty games in general. But they've been around for a long, long time, I guess. But yeah, this will be like one of the bigger games they do. But the game itself is pretty solid. Again, the $50 has me a little bit on edge. But if you're looking for a fitness game and you don't want to go to the gym or pay for a monthly gym subscription, I don't know if this game is going to get you super fit but it'll get you moving and that's good but that's that's always good i mean why not but here's the problem michael Uh oh is that just dance 2019 is a phenomenal game (laughs) and and that's the other game i've been playing a lot because it's a tradition of this year every christmas i get heather the latest version of just dance and we dance it up and we've been dancing quite a bit the new version by the way which is on sale for 20 you mentioned it way better much more organized than 2018 some of the stuff does transfer over if you have 2018 this has 40 to 50 songs but the real winner here is just dance unlimited now if you don't know anything about just dance it's a dancing game you have a wiimote in a wiimote (laughs) you have a joy con (laughs) or a wiimote it's still on the wii uh in your hand and you're doing moves up and down to what they're showing you on the screen Sometimes there's one person dancing, multiple people dancing, and you have different movements if it's a song with a, you know a couple of people on the screen. There's single player mode, multiplayer mode. There's a kids mode. You can play with a cell phone if you want to, which is kind of crazy instead of a, a Joy-Con. 
You can play online. The online's really fun. We played it for the first time. There's competitions and tournaments and uh, boss battles where you're all dancing to like beat this boss. So there's some fun things to it. You definitely get worn out. But the nice thing is it's Just Dance Unlimited thing. This is their subscription, all-encompassing service. Where normally with these games, you get 40 to 50 songs. That's all you get to play. They give you one month of Just Dance Unlimited for free when you buy the game. And Just Dance Unlimited gives you access to over 400 officially licensed songs and dances that you can play unlimited amounts of time. The nice thing here is that if you get a one-year subscription, it's only $25 for the year, which is only $2 a month. And it's a pretty good deal uh, in general. So when you think about this game, you can get it right now for 20 bucks by Just Dance Unlimited. That's less than $50 for a full year compared to fitness boxing. So that's the, that's the issue. Wow. There. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Especially like now, would you say like the, the fitness level, is it the same? Are you getting a better workout? Different workout. I mean, the fitness boxing, you are doing moves. They're focusing on your core and doing things. If you're looking just, to get something that is going to get you active, give Just Dance, give both of them a try. They both have demos. Give them both a try. Mm -hmm. See what you're into. What's going to get you motivated more? The one thing that's nice about the fitness boxing is that it does have the calendar. It's set up like the, the Wii Fitness where you're going to come in and you're mm -hmm. going to stamp a card every day. That was a really cool element. It wanted me to come back and make sure my calendar was full. And each of them can play with or doctor undocked. And that's a really nice thing too. Uh, but different type. I, imagining with fitness boxing, the idea is you'll get more tone. I'm not sure how realistic that is, but I could sure. be wrong. I could be wrong. I mean, I, I would say it, like you said, these games are meant to get you moving. I like that idea. I really love that. The, like the fitness boxing seems it has similar mechanics pulled from like mobile gaming to keep you constantly picking up the phone and play it because it's like, oh, you check in every day and you do this and. And I like the sort of gamification of not only playing the game to to move, but like to to just come and start it up, yeah. right? Like you know, hey, you didn't do your ten minutes today. Why don't you jump in and get that stamp and whatever? I I like stuff like that. I like any game that kind of rewards you for visiting and coming back and doing stuff. And it's just another. It's an easy way of achieving something. But it's also kind of reminds you, oh, yeah, I was playing that. Let me let me jump in there and maybe do my 10 minutes. So, I mean, it's smart. That's a good good thing to bring in. Yeah. Yeah. I have been playing more besides those dancing and fitness games. Michael, I played some demos. I played Jewel Fever 2. Garbage. I played Xenon Valkyrie Plus. <laughs> garbage. Terrible. You can play the demos. They're terrible. Everything about them. Waste of time. Waste of storage. Delete. I did, however, download, I picked up on sale for 50% off or whatever it was, Grim Fandango Remastered. It's a point-and-click adventurous type of game. I never played Grim Fandango. Have you played Grim Fandango ever? I haven't. I've heard, you've told me some, some good stuff about it, but I've never played it. It's a classic game from a long, long time ago, from 1998. And the remastered version is very cool. I'm really enjoying it so far, the humor about it. You 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 play as this skeleton, like un, I guess he's a skeleton, he's of some sort, but his entire job mm -hmm. is to sell people that are passing from that just died into like uh an eternity type of thing, like 
it t- usually takes four years, but he can sell them like different express passes based on how well you did in the real world. There's some mystery in it. I'm only 30 minutes in so far, but it's pretty fun. Uh, and you know, it's a classic of, of, of the time and it was on sale. So I picked it up and I picked it up, Michael, because I finished doom. I finished a game in 2018. I did it. I finished it. I beat it. I did it. I did it. This game. It's so, I will tell you again, I know I picked it, Michael, as one of my top games, dude, it's so good. Like everything about it. I had so much fun playing this game. The end cinematic scene was amazing. The end boss was super fun. Uh, everything about it was good. And this recent update, I'll tell you, because as I got further, I was telling you there was some, del- there was some lag here and there. Yeah. None. Just none. Well, okay. So you had said that they did, you, you were noticing that, you know, the first, I think this was like the third week. Now the first week you had said great game, blah, blah, blah. Then you, then after saying that you said, Oh, I started being more critical and you noticed stuff. You just, just said that. I think last episode you started noticing some lag happening mm-hmm. and now you're saying they came out with an update and that is all fixed. As far as I can tell, it's all fixed. I was, wow. I was playing with my pro controller docked and I didn't notice that I did notice that my right joy stick was slow. And I go, oh man, there must be something wrong with this game. I don't understand. But all every other button was kind of fine here and there. And what I realized was that I was sitting at my computer and I have in front of me a wireless mouse, wireless keyboard directly in between me and my switch. Oh, interesting. I, so you think it's causing some sort of problem? I moved them out of the way, was fine. Wow. Weird. Okay. Good to know. So that was the one thing I go, I don't know this doom thing. Like everything seems good, but then my joy, my joystick is moving slow, which is super annoying in a first person shooter. And I moved it. I looked up online. They go, make sure you move water. They go, move the fish tank out of the way. That was one of the recommendations on the Nintendo website. So I moved my fish tank, AKA my big hefty wireless keyboard and everything was fine. So anyways, that's my update. Good. That's me playing games. I only get to play them over the holidays. So that's my big 2018 year end (laughs) review. (laughs) That's all. of. Now you go for 20 minutes. (laughs) You did good. You got some good games in there. So so for me, it's 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 pretty straightforward. I did get a lot of games for the holidays. You were kind enough. You got me two games. I got a bunch of other games. So I'm I'm little by little. I'm, I'm working through them. I'm trying to give them some amount of time so I get you know, a basic understanding of them. Steam World Heist, fantastic. I'm really enjoying that. Not a lot to go through. We've gone over it the last couple of weeks. Moonlighter, man, this game, I, I thought it was such a simple concept. You know, you, you're basically managing this this store. You go, you, you instead of mining, you're going in and you're just farming uh, like drops by killing like bad guys in this dungeon and then you come out and you sell it. But as you get farther in the game, there's so much more complexity to that. There's so much more depth to it that I'm really enjoying. There's, you know, you can buy things for your store. You can buy things for the town that you're in so that you have maybe uh, somebody that gives you potions. So now you can get further in the dungeon so you can get more expensive stuff and really, really loving it. Uh, It just, it's such a great game definitely worth checking out then i started and and it's funny because we've had this conversation many times i got two games that i was kind of on the fence about and i'm I'm, to be honest i'm still kind of on the fence about one of them is super smash brothers ultimate i finally you know everybody's been praising screaming from the mountaintops about how amazing this game is 
uh, I mean, it's okay. It's cool. You know, I'm, I'm not like, I just don't. And this Uh-oh. is a perfect example of like something that was n- like a good feeling from the past. Like I was a melee player, loved it. It brings me back to like our time in, you know, like UAT and with everybody around and you, you just never didn't play Smash Brothers. It was, it was always going on. And now I'm jumping in on this and, I, and I'm not sitting with people playing it. You know, I did try playing online and it was, it, I, I noticed some of the issues that people are having and, and I tested my internet and I think it is, there is something going on with the switch itself. It's Wi-Fi just isn't that good because I tested my computer on my Wi-Fi. I tested my phone on my Wi-Fi and then I notice like maybe I get, I don't know. So, so my Wi-Fi down and up is a hundred on the switch. I get 30 and 12 <laughs> and I've moved close. I've stood next to the router. I've doing all this kind of stuff, trying to figure out why it's getting such bad signal and why the speeds seem so low. Um, I did buy an adapter. So I'm waiting for that to come in. I'm going to have it wired so I can try experiencing it with it wired to see if it's a better experience because right now the online is a little bit lacking. It's a little bit unfortunate because that is the only way I'm going to be playing this probably with other people. And then that gets to that point, the actual playing of the game. There's a lot going on in the different levels, almost to an annoying amount. And I know that you can change the settings and I know you can do all this kind of stuff, but it just it gets to the point where it's like, I don't want to spend 20 minutes going through and like fine tuning what my play mechanic is and what, you know, I'm allowing and then never finding a match. (laughs) You know, it's like, I don't want so much crap happening. I just want to play four other, three other people. And, and, you know, like, like we used to do. And now it's like, there's things dropping and there's things moving and things are, it's like, I don't even know where I am on this board right now, (laughs) to be honest. It's so tiny. You might as well give up playing handheld because you need a TV so you can even see what's happening. It's so, it'll get so far zoomed out that you know, and I play as Pikachu, I'm, I'm basically invisible. I don't even know where my name is half the time. I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to give it more time because I, I do think I'm trying to not only learn the new game, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, the controls, obviously they're very similar to what they used to be, but it just seems weird playing on a switch. It seems weird playing with a pro controller. Um, but I'm, I'm slowly getting back into it. I'm just, I don't feel like that need like I used to when it comes to Smash Brothers. I don't feel that game of the year like this is the one. I've I I've played other games. I've played indie games for a third the price that I feel are better games and more enjoyable to me than Smash Brothers. So that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. I it's not that I'm gonna not play it. It's just I I don't know. I guess I gotta put things in um in perspective compared to where others seem to just, this one is the one and only for them. It's just not for me. Have you, you know, it's not that level. Have you been playing the single player, the big story mode at all? I've started the spirits, uh, whatever it's called. Yep. I did start doing that. And it, it's not a, unless there is others, because it, it, the UI is very complicated and it's, it's like things are everywhere, like all over the place. There's, how to's in one section. And then you have to go somewhere totally different to figure out other how to's like, it's not all even in one spot. It's very, very strange the way they laid out this game. Um, But as far as spirits goes, and then the, 
what is it called the light world or whatever that game is where it's kind of like a giant board game you're moving around and yeah that one that yeah i mean it's smash though it's it's all the same thing you're just now playing as a character you don't even like as opposed to playing as the one you do like because now you have to unlock them and and you know some people say oh well i like playing as six bowsers and they're trying to be some other real random spirit to me i don't i don't feel like what i'm playing the incarnation of them like i don't feel like oh i'm that yeah this is how they would fight you know what i mean i don't it's not like that character's there and i'm fighting that character i get the idea and i get why they did it they don't want to make models of every single spirit that exists i get all that but it's more smash you're just playing random things in a character you you probably don't want you know you start as kirby i've never liked playing as kirby and then i played as mario ultimately i'm just trying to find pikachu because that's the one i like and i'm just using all these characters that are just kind of like meh whatever you know they're just not that not who i want to play as but there's no story yet i haven't really experienced any um like any story to be honest with you i thought there would be something and there hasn't been and i don't you know i don't know if that that happens later on i'm still fairly new into the game but you get that initial movie that we all saw and then that's it it's a it's a board game that you just kind of move around and you see these little glowing orbs and when you fight one of those that's a spirit and then you'll keep moving and eventually you see this other sort of icon and that's a a playable character that you'll unlock and you just kind of keep moving through it so it's a super smash brothers um fun cool but i i don't know i'm gonna keep giving it time and then the other one i've been playing a lot of lately is pokemon let's go eevee so looks gorgeous it's got me super excited for the new core game that we'll be getting but i don't think that this is great for me i i will say interesting that i prefer in handheld because you don't and and i don't i don't understand why they did it like this if you play it docked, you can only use the one Joy-Con. You have to choose which one. You only play with one. You cannot play with your Switch Pro controller. It's not supported. You have to play with a Joy-Con. So the it's, it's weird because I'm right-handed, but I prefer the left Joy-Con because the thumbstick is up at the top. So now I'm forced to use a right Joy-Con that's got the thumbstick kind of where my palm is. It, it's just not a good like experience but if you put it in the handheld mode you don't you can use both joy cons now and you don't have to like throw it it just you'll just do it i don't get it i don't understand why it like the the handheld mode is exactly how i would picture the switch pro controller working don't understand why they didn't make it accessible i don't it makes zero sense uh so i will probably only play this handheld it looks amazing Aside from the sort of simplified catching of the Pokemon, it's essentially Pokemon. You're still getting new moves. You're still battling trainers. Uh, you're still just playing through the game. I love being able to see the Pokemon in the wild and not just being randomly attacked. I I really enjoy that aspect of it. It just really makes me excited for the core game, though, because it does feel sort of simplified. It does feel like sort of a baby step to what we want. And it makes me really, really excited to see what they can do when we get the full fledged 
uh, more in-depth Pokemon. I don't want to be walked through the next one, though. We've had Pokemon for 20-some years now, and every one of them is the same. It's like, this is a Pokeball. Pokeballs you throw at Pokemon. They live in the... Come on, please. Can we can we get Pat? We know what Pokemon is. Please. Can we stop having the hand holding? Please. Because it's that that time has come. Like we don't need any more hand holding. If people don't get it at this point, I'm sorry. Like have your grandfather explain it to you because it's been around long enough. Oh geez. They just need it. They just need a helpful guide in the beginning that will assist to say, have you ever played a Pokemon game before? Yes or no? Even before you start the game where you name your character and pick a Pokemon. And it could, it could go two different routes. That's it. Yep. And that would be perfect. Maybe there's like a, a beginner area that you just walk around and you learn the mechanics and then the game starts. That's an awesome idea. Like right from the start, they ask you, have you ever played? If you say yes, you can jump in the story adapts. You get rid of all that junk because if somebody that, and I'm sure you agree, as somebody that's played Pokemon Go, played all of the originals, played like some of the later ones, I, I don't need to hear this anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm okay at this point to to guide me th- to guide me through it, and a lot of games just jump you in. There's there's the right time to do it, and there's good graceful ways of of introducing players to new mechanics gracefully in general. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice to see them update that going into the new core series my assumption is that they won't but you know it is what it is but that's interesting did you get both of these physical or digital how did you acquire these these games they were gifts they were physical unfortunately they are they are christmas gifts so i'm i'm you know i'm trying to trying to make time because i'm really loving moonlighter i'm really loving sea world heist Smash Brothers is great, and I think I will enjoy it more once I get past sort of the frustrations of trying to figure out my move sets, and maybe once the, you know, it, and what I was noticing was I would do the training. I'd be in the training. I'm okay. This is jump. This is my quick thing. This is okay. This is where the buttons are, and then I'd go into the online to play somebody. And I'm noticing, did my buttons change? I don't, and I think it was the lag. It's not registering my moves. So it felt like I just wasn't doing things. And then I jumped back and trained. I'm like, no, I know that's the move. It it wasn't registering my, my attacks. So I think that was part of the problem. And then when I play it in training, it's, it's fine. It, it, it works great. And you know, you little by little, you're getting the hang of it. Um, I am going to maybe play and tweak with some of like the button configuration because I think that would help too. You know, I'd feel more comfortable like when I know it, but there's nothing in that game that gives you just like, uh, you know, you know, anything overwatch or any game like that. This button is your basic move. This button is your whatever move. And coming to this after not playing for such a long time, I kind of needed that. So I had to look that up in the help menus just to see like, Oh, okay. So B forward tap is a basic whatever quick hit forward b does this so you have like multiple attacks based on different if you're holding the button versus snapping it and it's just like it just took me a little while to kind of get back into the swing of it interesting i would be curious to talk to some of our other friends that just got a switch to see how and and Mm -hmm. and, uh smash bros to see i'm I'm intrigued to pick it up and i held off on both those titles however 
I think it's time for me to maybe get in there at some point. We'll kind of see. Maybe uh, we'll see going into the new year after I finish some more games. Well, if I do, you got to get Pikachu. <sighs> no, but I, I want Eevee. Well, it's too uh, late. <laughs> no. uh, I, I mean, I already caught a Pikachu, so I guess it really doesn't even matter. Stupid, I hate you. I don't know what, what ones you get that I wouldn't, but I'm sure by the time we get to that point, neither of us will care. You're the worst, You're the worst Michael. Way to, <laughs> Eevee is mine. Way to ruin 2019 for me. Why even bother? <laughs> Why even bother? Might as well just wait for the core that's, game at that's this correct. point. That's correct. Well... There we have it. My 2019 is ruined. Uh, I hope yours isn't because your best friend obviously wasn't so rude to go and buy the game that you wanted. (laughs) Anyways. All right. Well, people, that's going to do it for our 2019 kickoff extravaganza because this is the longest episode we've ever produced in mankind. But we hope that you enjoyed it. Let us know what you think. I know there's quite a few new listeners. So welcome to Nintendo Dispatch. We're usually not rambling for 18 hours. Okay, no, we are. Let's be honest. We ramble. I mean, we, we are, are. Uh, but anyways <laughs> give us your feedback you can go to nintendodispatch.com uh, there's a contact button you can find all the latest episodes where you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app you can follow us on twitter at james montemagno at ms Rivette, and the podcast is at dispatch podcast so that's going to do it for this week this has been your nintendo dispatch